Welcome to Keep the Republic with Daniel Bobinski, editor of True Idaho News. Keep the Republic is brought to you by the Political Action Committee, Conservatives of. And now, here's Daniel. Well, hello and welcome to Keep the Republic. Thank you so much for tuning in. Dr. Daniel Bobinski here, editor of True Idaho News and your host for the next half hour as we explore issues facing Idaho and America from a Judeo-Christian perspective, which is my custom. Idaho's primary election is right around the corner. It's this coming Tuesday, the 17th of May. And for those who may not follow politics too closely, in many ways... The Idaho primary is pretty much the general election. That's how it is in Idaho. And that's because Idaho has a lot of conservative voters. So come November, whoever has the R after their name on the ballot is most likely the person who will be holding that office. In Idaho, That's it's that way probably about 80% of the time. So... As you have the title of this show, Keep the Republic, if you would like to keep the republic and restore the republic to a constitutional government and not a power trip government with top-down authoritarianism, and if you want to bring back conservative values to the Idaho State House, that includes the governor's office, the House of Representatives, the Senate, as well as with the national level with our U.S. representatives, if you want to make a difference, then it's Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, is the day to do it. You just can't sit this out and wait till November. In Idaho, the primary is pretty much where the struggle is. And I say that because we have a lot of people who don't follow after righteousness. They put ours after their names, they have ours after their names, but they're not seeking after the righteousness that comes with scripture. They're coming after power. Those people who put ours after their names may vote pro-life, they may vote pro-Second Amendment, and that sounds really good, but let me be clear, those issues are not enough. We have a lot of people in the state house who vote for big government programs who have ours after their names, and that means government in our lives. That is not how our Constitution was written. Minimal government, minimal oversight, as you hear me say a lot, with shekels, come shackles. Whenever the government takes our money at the federal level, turns it around and gives it back to us, they say, we're going to give it back to you, but you have to do this, that, and the other, the strings that they have attached to it. That is not how government is supposed to be. And so we want to elect constitutional conservatives to office. That's the, that's the kind of uh, people in office who are going to impact our liberties uh, to the positive and also the liberties of our children and our grandchildren. So with me today in the studio is someone who's been pushing for that kind of thing for about 15 years here in Idaho, Mr. Tom Munns, Area Coordinator for the John Birch Society. Welcome to Keep the Republic. Thanks, Daniel. Appreciate you having me. Well, it is a pleasure to have you. And you have been, as I said, active in trying to get people involved in local politics for a long time. Tell us how you got started in this. I have been. Well, um, it's kind of funny. I'm sitting in this, um, I'm sitting in the studio right now, but um, back about uh, 15 years ago, or so, uh, I met a guy that was sued by the ACLU um, in New London, Ohio, for praying with his team on the football field. Um, you may know him. His name's Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer. He's a good friend of mine. Um, lives out in Columbus. Um, and uh, he uh, he preached at a small church in Meridian. And uh, by the time he was done, I was so floored at what I heard. 
uh, that I basically said, sign me up. I need to know what to do. And he said, basically, you have to go home and pray about it. And I kind of said, well, God doesn't really talk to me. I don't really know what that means. And he said, go home and he will. And so the, the funny thing is, is I can tell you is that I don't, I don't really remember it as clearly as some people might remember that faithful day, you know, when they were baptized and they saw the light of Christ or whatever. But what I, what I definitely saw and felt was the same thing that my family and everybody that knew me saw. It was a complete change in who I was. Mm-hmm. At that point, I hadn't even read a book. So I started reading and... And I started understanding what was going on, and I had realized that other people are less likely to read than some of us are, and they, but they're entitled to be able to understand the truth if they're willing to listen, right? And so I took what I'd learned, and I vowed to continue to read and to be able to share everything I had to be able to share that light of truth to the people that I knew somewhere inherently wanted it. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I've been ever since. And so I've been on, you know, I've been on morning talk show radio in Boise for probably ten or twelve years. I've spoke at the state house. I've, you know, I've emceed and I've done all kinds of different things. And I've really been as active as I possibly can be. And then about eight years ago, the John Burt Society asked me if I'd be interested in a job. And that was kind of interesting because I remember like many of you listening is kind of like, oh my gosh, no way. The John Burt Society aren't though those guys, you know? And so I really had a, a heart to heart with myself and, and the information and trying to understand what the truth of the matter was. And, and here I am, you know, I'm proud to be uh, the area coordinator for the John Burt Society working for an organization uh, that has gone through the, the hard knocks that it has. Um, and it really has Liberty people that are adhering to the communist narrative in the name of liberty. It's the most ironic thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to me how the, I'll call them the mainstream media, because that's what a lot of folks call them. I, I tend to call them the legacy media, because I think the new media is kind of the mainstream now. People are starting to read stuff that's not network, not owned by some of the big big uh, media companies. But those people slammed John Birch Society, and they did a, I think, a good job of smearing the John Birch Society. And I, you know, I remember first reading about it a long time ago, and then seeing that they were getting smeared, and um, it bothered me because here the JBS, the John Birch Society, was very much pro-American, and yet they wanted to paint them as some sort of radicals. Yeah. Well, and it's really the, the really cool thing about it is, is that um, we feel like we're being completely vindicated because uh, now all of a sudden we're starting to see it happen all over again. You know, it's it's continually happened over time, but now it's completely elevated. You know, like we were talking before the show started, we've got this issue now where we've got this. Oh, well, those people are extreme. Oh, you don't want to be part of those people because they're extreme. You know, we're the true patriots and they're creating all of this confusion. In reality, what I believe is they're just appealing to those that are ignorant, that really want the truth, that just don't know where to find it. That's probably a very good point. They mm-hmm. want the truth. People really do. Yes, they do. They want they're hungry for the truth. Mm-hmm. And that's why, if I can, you know, give the little plug to our to our website, we have True Idaho News we, because we speak truth. I was talking with somebody last month, and he said, you know, I really like reading your stuff over at True Idaho News because you're not biased. And I said, oh no, I'm very biased. <laughs> I, I, I'm extremely biased. I'm a conservative, constitutional. I'm not going to speak that middle of the road stuff that just tickles people's ears. He says, well, okay. What I guess what I mean is you're not going to lie to me. I said, now that's the best compliment I've had all month. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm, I'm waiting for people to tell me that, <laughs> but I have a following, you know, and, and I'm pretty happy about it. And, you know, the local radio show that I, I speak on says, you know, he said something that was really profound to me. He says, you know, I don't really have you in here because we're friends. Uh, he says, I have it in here because you have content. And that was probably one of the greatest things that I've ever heard 
that anybody say, considering my background and everything that I've had to go through in the 15 years that I've been doing this. People are drawn to truth. Yeah. They really are. And that's why, you know, uh, I think it's important to put Christians up for candidacy and to vote for them and to get them in office because the Constitution is supposed to be like a cage. It's supposed to restrain the will of mankind that always seeks for more power when they get that taste of it. And our, our founders knew about the, the sinful nature of man, and they were following the writings of Montesquieu. They said, we need to separate the powers because you put too much power in one person's hand, and they start getting a taste of that, and they start getting addicted to it. Uh, case in point, our governor, when he declared a state of emergency two years ago, supposed to be 30 days, according to our uh, state constitution, and then he can extend it for another 30 days, and then he's supposed to call the legislature into session to discuss the state of emergency. And the fact that he and the attorney general found some uh, legal gymnastics pretzel configuration to say, oh, no, we don't have to, to me was in total violation of the constitution. And yet here we have somebody who was got a taste of that power, and was unconstrained and found a way to go through it. So we really need, I think, someone who's accountable to a living God, mm -hmm. someone who knows that God is reading your thoughts and your emotions and what your intentions are, and that you know you're accountable to that. That's what we need. And look at what, uh, you know, and again, you know, when we're looking at the local events and things now where it just seems like things are becoming more chaotic, what was the actual response once that special, once they decided to force the issue and have a special session? All the people that attended were lambasted and they were told that they were extreme. Yeah. And so the, the narrative just continues. The, it, it just continued the same way. And nobody's even asking the questions um, like I like to ask. You know, if words actually mean things, and I'm not a word expert, I can just tell you that I know that words, they mean things to me, especially the ones I've learned, the danger between Republican democracy, for example, or true Idaho conservative, or, well, I'm a Ronald Reagan Republican, or I'm some, some ambiguous sort of random term that just means different things to different people. And it's almost like we're it's almost like we're revisiting the Tower of Babel where we don't necessarily speak different languages we speak the same language but we just take everything that we want to out of context if that makes any sense sure sure so and that's I think the issue that we're talking about so we've got to take a step back and we've got to challenge those narratives if people are bold enough but I think people now have been so lulled to sleep through you know uh, this, the softness of social justice and I don't want to offend anybody because we're good Christian people or you know whatever but the, it really comes down to the fact that people need to understand and it's difficult for me to say very smoothly and easily but we're at war this is a this is a culture war and this is an economic war and I think and a you know and a war for a war for freedom definitely a battle of between light and darkness but um, this is something that that, that uh, people need to engage in it's a subtle war that's the problem yeah thankfully we're not throwing lead at each other but the, you know, but, but it is a subtle war if you're just tuning us we are you're listening to Keep the Republic. This is Dr. Daniel Bobinski. We are talking with Tom Munns, area coordinator for the John Birch Society, about Idaho politics because this coming Tuesday is the primary here in Idaho. And it is Tuesday where we're going to be deciding who pretty much sits in the offices come November. Uh, you know, I have this, this uh, curiosity, Tom. I want your opinion on this. I've been watching the governor's race. And uh, Janice McGeehan has got the closest chance of unseating Brad Little. And people who listen to the show know I'm no big fan of Brad Little because, well, like I just mentioned a few minutes ago, he's been violating the Constitution on multiple 
levels in multiple ways, and he's been getting away with it. And that bothers me. I was actually um, kind of liking the guy before COVID hit, but then he's, I think he got that power. Anyways, Janice McKeon in the polls has the best chance of beating him. I see the, um, the uh, Brad Little com- campaign sending out attack ads against Janice McKeon. And I see uh, no attack ads coming from the Little campaign against Ed Humphreys, the other main Republican challenger. I also see Ed Humphreys creating a lot of attack ads against Janice McGeehan, but nothing against Brad Little. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, so (laughs) this kind of tells me where they think the problem is here. Uh, Again, when they talk about the deep state, what's happening here. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think I had spoken to a friend of mine. His name is Bob. He's on the radio with me a lot. And he did an expose of uh, of the Idaho deep state. I don't know if I can say where, but um, on the Idaho deep state. And he says that it goes all the way back to Dirk Kempthorne. And so Idaho definitely has its own deep state. The problem is, is that most of the, of the people that are supporting him are unaware that that deep state actually exists. Um, and so what basically we're seeing is I totally agree with you. I mean, I was involved with, with uh, Brad Little. I've been watching who he's insulated with. I watched previous elections since I've been active as long as I have. So I've been through a couple of them. I've seen the shady tactics of what it looked like when Tommy Alquist ran for office and how he ended up throwing so much money at it and knowing that he probably was just a, you know, he was just a shill to be able to split the vote so that, um, so that, you know, the governor could remain in position. Um, but, um, you know, the, the stark difference, I think, between Butch Otter. Now, Butch Otter's a likable guy. He was a really likable guy. I really liked him. Although I didn't really appreciate his positions, he was likable. In my opinion, he became more liberal slash deep state the longer he was in office. And then he ended up getting married to somebody, I think, that is uh, hardcore uh, into the education side, which really drastically drew him to the left. Yes, but Brad Little is is no fan of anybody I've ever liked, and I have a hard I have a hard time saying that because this is not a popularity contest. But you have to be if you're going to be ac- adequately representing the people, you have to be available for them. You know, and he never was. We actually had to go seek him out to be able to find out what happened. And we had to go to a Lincoln Day to be able to try to visit him. But he's surrounded by all of the people. He's surrounded by big government. He's surrounded by the healthcare lobby. He's surrounded by IACI. He's surrounded by ICLE. He's surrounded by all of these organizations that are probably padding his ability for reelection. Mm-hmm. And he has totally forgotten the fact that his, the governorship, is a position of representation for the people of the state. Not for the not for the the multi billion dollar you know lobbyist groups and yeah. so I have no affinity for him either. But what is interesting to me is I met Ed. Ed's a sharp young guy. I think he's too young for the job. He I have a lot of questions. I don't know where his money comes from. He doesn't really like to say. He has had a habit before of of um, of. Um, uh, disassociating people that give him hard questions and things of that nature. Um, so I, I have a difficult time saying some of this, but I'm starting to see what in him, what I did with Tommy Alquist. It's like, where did this guy come from? Why is he all of a sudden running for governor when the average person would say, well, I think I might start with the school board or at least with the legislature and not run for the governor. But the attacks on Janice McGee and by Ed um, and using the word extremism, as I just found out today, I can't verify, but that I did hear that. 
and Brad Little and his and the packs and stuff that are created against extremism gives me a pretty clear picture of what's exactly going on. Yeah. Target, you know, Janice McGee and they're they're threatened by Janice. They know that there's a, a growing liberty awakening going on right now and they're doing everything they can to stop it, just like Congress is doing um, with the with with the elections when the Democrats know that they're going to lose. So people are going to really have to start reassessing where they are and not be able to not straddling the line like they have before becoming moderates and they're going to have to take a more hardcore position yeah yeah if you're just tuning in by the way we're talking with tom munns area coordinator of the john bird society about the idaho elections i wanted to uh discuss a little bit about the, the what you just mentioned the availability of brad little there was a lot of slack, uh, I should say not slack, the wrong word, a lot of um, uh, hassle and flack being thrown at Janice McGeehan for her passing those um, uh, executive orders when Brad Little left the state, saying that it was political stunt. And I wanted to uh, clarify that because I was watching that. And I know some of the legislators down at the state house, and I was talking about why that happened. And I ended up writing a story about it over at Uncover DC. And, and basically is this. You had parents who were upset about the mask situation. They were going to their school teachers. School teachers say, not, not our dig, not our thing. We can't do anything. You got to go talk to the principal. And they said, well, and they talked to the district. District says, talk to the representatives. They just, everybody's passing the buck. And the representatives then try to get something done. Nothing's happening. They go to the governor and say, can you please? And he wouldn't return emails. He wouldn't return phone calls. They were knocking on doors. This is elected representatives in the state house trying to contact the governor to discuss this with him and he would not respond to their inquiries we, i even have a photograph of a legislator taping a letter to his door saying please contact me i have many people who want this mask thing taken care of no response so it's not like janice mcgeehan stepped into the governor's role when brad left the state and just arbitrarily created this she passed a an executive order that brad little himself refused to do because he wouldn't respond to the people and this is another one of my concerns and i think it echoes what you're talking about he's not available to the people that's right well the other thing too is you know when you're looking at what representation means um i i, I have to say a couple of things one of them is that representation is not doing the will of the people. I think that's a myth. I think they're put, they're put there to be able to do the will of the people as long as the will of the people are educated enough and want you to uphold the Constitution. That's the will of the people. The Constitution should be the standard. That's yes. exactly right. So if you're going to do the will of the people and I told you I wanted socialist health care, <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't equate. That's not about what you want. Um, you want to be able to find somebody that's, that understands history, that understands and perpetuates those principles that are so important in maintaining a free state. Well, Janice McGeehan, so I don't know if it's okay to say, I have to say this as a reference because it was, it was so, it was such a God thing, but I had a stroke in September and I got a letter from state letterhead from Janice McGeehan and she was wishing me well wishes because she had found out I was ill mm. and I didn't so much as get a letter or a phone call from any of my local legislators. Mm. And so what that really signifies to me is that really exemplifies the fact of who she is and who she supports. She's always involved in things related to people. She's always talking about the importance of, of, of proper representation. And when you when you view her just in that light alone, if, if you were stupid and excuse me, but if you were stupid and you had to look at, okay, you know, they're a representative, they're going to represent me. Do I want to support Brad a little that supports 
you know, lobbying and big money and healthcare and he's completely inaccessible? Or do you want somebody that's going to adequately and do their best to be able to represent you as a, as a, as a constituency? And the answer should be clear. There really isn't any other answer. Should be, should be. Let me uh, encourage people to go to the secretary of state website and go to the sunshine reports for various legislators and elected officials and see who's donated to them for their campaigns. All of that is public information. And you can take a look at Brad Little's donations page. Lots of money from big corporations and like IACI. And you don't see that kind of stuff going to Janice McGahn. Why? Because she's not bought and paid for by those organizations. She represents, as you said, the people. By the way, um, uh, we got. I want to ask you about IACI in just a minute to explain to our listeners a, bit, a little bit about IACI. But before I do that, I need to tell our, vis- our, our listeners to, if you want to support this show, there's two ways to do it. You can go to conservativesof.com and make a donation there. Just earmark it for the radio show. It's, uh, it helps keep us on the air. Conservativesof.com. There also, you can find your voter guide there. And I happen to agree with most of that voter guide that you see there. Um, and you just go to Idaho there and click the Idaho and you get the Idaho Voters Guide so you can see what the constitutional conservatives are thinking. But you can also go to brighteonstore.com. That's B-R-I-G-H-T-E-O-N store.com. And you can shop there and use the promo code KTR for Keep the Republic. You're going to save some money. Little money will come to this show. And of course, that helps keeps keeps us going. We very much appreciate that. And you can get high quality products there at the Bright Dion store. Tom, I asked you before that um, if you would explain to our listeners a little bit about IACI. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> you know, there's not a time where I get pigeonholed too often, and this is one of them. So I'm going to have to back out gracefully. And, the, and my back out is this. I know that it had, it's the Idaho Commission for Commerce and Industry, something like that. Idaho Association of Commerce and Industry. Basically, um, although without getting into the internal working of that because I used to focus on that when I first became active is there a tremendously powerful lobbying organization that actually does the bidding for the corporations uh, and has the full support of the governor. And not only that, when you end up with lobbying organizations like that with that support the governor, they end up funding him financially um, as well um, through not only uh, direct donations, if I remember right, don't hold me to that, but um, donations through the um, through the people that are associated with the lobbying group as well. The other one that really isn't very well known is, um, is Ickley, sorry. Uh, then they've changed their name too, so I would have to redo all that. But with the move towards environmentalism and empowering the United Nations and the World Health Organization and everything else, they are really a, they're really a dark horse, I believe, for the people because they're not spoken about too much. And both of these lobbying groups, to me, are the two most powerful lobbying organizations in the state, and they definitely should be scrutinized and, and reviewed for the things that they're doing and who they support. And you will not find small mom and pop organizations in IACI. This is only big business. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that Brad Little was the director of IACI back in the 80s or 90s, I believe. That I didn't know, yep. <laughs> and, and his current chief of staff at the State House was the number one lobbyist for IACI before he became chief of staff for Brad Little. So well, don't you see that as a conflict of interest? Though, a little Daniel? bit, you okay, think. Okay, good. Because so do I. You'd think, but... But apparently the governor doesn't, and and uh, 
It's it's amazing to me that most people don't don't hear about this, and it tells a lot, I think, about our local news affiliates, the newspapers, the TV networks that don't report on this. Why? Because they're part of the same team. They're part of instituting what I would call top-down authoritarianism. Yeah. So this is a big danger for us in this state. Um, we have also, by the way, lots of elections and the state house and the, the state senate. Um, that it's, I've seen a lot of uh, people with, like I said, at, with R's after names that claim that label conservative. You mentioned earlier that we talk the same language. We put different meanings on the words, though. Uh, how do you describe conservative? I know how I describe it. How do you describe conservative? I actually. I actually don't use the word, so it would be difficult for me to define. I just sort of make fun of people that use it because nobody seems to be able to define it. And so if I were to ask a question, it would be, well, number one, what does that mean to you? And number two, what are you actually conserving? Because right now we're not conserved. I mean, to me, in my view, from everything I'm seeing, everything is eroding. So what are you going to try to conserve? What we need to try to do is to be able to, I mean, we're not educated enough to try to be able to preserve anything i don't think and until we can get to the point where we can educate enough people to be able to understand what we're preserving i just don't see what the point of using the word conservatism is i said i'm a you know i'm a christian constitutionalist period like it or not that's mm-hmm. what i am if it if it relates to the original intent of the founding fathers and it's written in and it's written in scripture i'm in and that is by the way how i would describe the word conservative i'm trying to conserve the principles that were in place when they created the founding documents for this country. That's and how, that's and you did I that brilliantly. It. Nobody else is able to do that. So good job for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. But I, but so that's what I'm trying to conserve. And, and you know, uh, on my Keep the Republic TV show on Brighton TV, um, I got that that position, by the way, through my association with Dr. Alan Keyes, mm. former presidential candidate, fantastic American. And I, I've been a regular guest on his show for over a year now. And uh, it's amazing talking with that man, how much my mind gets sharpened listening to him and talking with him and and working through various questions and issues. And, and this is where I get the the concept that the Constitution is supposed to be like a cage to to re- restrain the will of man to keep man from reaching too much power, to say, this is the boundary. This is where you can go and no further. Don't go beyond that. So this is, the, to me, the crux of a conservative is trying to conserve that, those, that cage. I see a lot of people who claim the name conservative, uh, senators, <laughs> people running for the House that all of a sudden claim the name conservative. They never use it except during the election year. They're out there trying to bring about big government, top-down authoritarianism programs. Uh, We just got a few seconds left. What are your thoughts on that? Well, my thought is that, you know, there's a lot of freedom indexes out there. And every time we try to be able to shine the light on the darkness, the darkness, you know, uh, refuses to believe it, right? I mean, one person will call themselves conservative. They got 65% on a freedom index score, and then they blame the freedom index. Right. So, I mean, the problem is, is the problem is, is the people have the rightful power to restore the form of government. The problem is we need to be educated enough to do it. And that is the key, being educated. Tom Munns, I want to thank you so much for joining me in studio. Thank you. And I want to tell our listeners that you have been listening to Keep the Republic here on KBXL. We are sponsored by Conservatives of. You can visit conservativesof.com. Click the donate tab to help support conservative candidates and this show. And I want to remind listeners that this coming Tuesday is the primary. If you'd like to try to restore this state to a constitutional republic that has that cage in place, 
Go to the polls on Tuesday. Vote for the true, conservative, constitutionally-minded Christian candidate who's going to understand that the Constitution is to restrain government, not to grow government. By the way, if you want to hear any past shows, or if you want to hear this show again, go to 941thevoice.com. Go to the, the Archives tab and look for this show. We'll catch you next week. Until then, be blessed. Thank you for tuning in to Keep the Republic. If you'd like to support this broadcast and help fund Christian conservative candidates, visit conservativesof.com. Also, please pray for our republic and for godly men and women who will work to keep it.